welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast for this week. I hope you're all doing great. Pip has just settled himself down, so we must be ready to go. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Shuddha, Ashuddha and the good desires. What are they? How do we know? And specifically for today, uh, you know, how can we use them in a way that is, um, I'm going to make up a word, recalibratory, because it's September. I think September is a great time to really seize the year and squeeze the juice out of the final quarter of the calendar year. Uh, 2020 has been, do you think weird is an understatement? Weird. Uh, <laughs> so let's pull this puppy back on track and we're going to do that with a short process and some nerdy readings today. So I have got in the episode notes the um, not sigh so loudly. <laughs> in the episode notes, I've got the references. If you want to uh, get the books or read the books, you probably already got the books on your bookshelf and you haven't read them yet. So you're welcome. Uh, before we do that, two public service announcements. Uh, there is one place, there will be one place available in my mastermind, the Keep Growing Mastermind, uh, starting on the 5th of October. If you want to join my mastermind and hang out with some seriously cool and inspiring uh, yoga business women, um, all genders are welcome. It just happens that everybody who's in it at the moment identifies as one. Uh, a fabulous one, in fact. Uh, and, um, yeah, come hang out. You can check that out. You need to apply for that because it's exclusive, baby. The link is in the episode notes. And also um, I've just completed SOB working with some private clients. So. Um, I realized last week, I realized I was sort of having withdrawals from just like, aren't I supposed to speak to her now? How can this be my Monday night when we don't have our time together? It's been a long time. Um, so I have some spaces available if you're interested in working with me one-on-one. -on -one. That's my Grow, Serve and Shine package. It's a six-month exclusive like one-on-one -on -one business coaching. So you can uh, get the link for that one also in the episode notes. Okay, so... Today we're talking about uh, shuddha, ashuddha and the good desire. So shuddha means purity uh, and uh, as with you know, some, all Sanskrit words, when you stick an A on the front, it means the opposite of that. So ashuddha means, you know, impurity. Um, and, and how we, how now September is a great opportunity for cleaning shit up, uh, doing some housekeeping, cleaning stuff out, getting clear and you know, plugging the destination into the GPS and really going for it. Fair to say we lost service for a while there and we're all just driving around going, I don't know, let's try this way. Uh, and so many of you were compelling, inspiring, motivating in how you handled it. Now I think the fog is clearing a little bit 
And it's time for us to seize more control of where we want to go to, in fact, become more intentional about our destination rather than just sort of surviving, like rather than just holding on on a bumpy, you know, roller coaster, actually taking the wheel and, and deciding where to go. A lot of driving metaphors there, Amy. Interesting. So where else would one turn to have a conversation along these lines but the Bhagavad Gita? Uh, yes, that's where. And um, I, obviously, uh, I like this text very much. Um, and uh, if you've come into this podcast episode from my email, um, I was talking a little bit over there in my newsletter this week about the importance of recognizing where you get your Gita from, because not all Gitas are the same. And the uh, a parallel I was drawing, well, the, the connection I was making was between the um, Siddha Yoga interpretation of the Bhagavad Gita and the ISKCON interpretation. Very, very different. Not better, not worse. Very, very fundamentally different. Um, and, and it's important for you to know that. So if you do yoga teacher trainings or you teach some of your classes based on the Gita, make sure that you're picking a commentary and a translation that actually correlates to your lineage. And to that end today, I'm picking something that's kind of middle of the road um, so that we can cover all bases, but it's definitely not as Vaishnam classical, I guess you'd say, as something like Bhagavad Gita as it is. So uh, Bhagavad Gita 6.5. Elevate yourself through the power of the mind and do not degrade yourself for the mind can be the friend and also the enemy of self. All right, so what does this mean? This means get your head right. Get your head right because if you succumb to ding-dong thinking, uh, you're working against yourself. You're in strife. You can't possibly achieve what you desire through to the end of this year if your thinking is not right. Goes on, Gita 6, six. For those who have conquered the mind, it is their friend. For those who have failed to do so, the mind works like an enemy. Um, and if you want to, if you want to, um, listen to this. I, I'm not going to, obviously I haven't read you the Sanskrit because my Sanskrit pronunciation is an abomination, but if you want to listen to it, oh, so good. I like on YouTube, I like the Sanskrit channel and you can go through all of the Gita, um, phonetic and in Sanskrit. And then with the translation, like I said, you need to know what those people like and who they listen to and what their translation, the lens through which, which they're translating. Um, but it's really beautiful. And it, and if you, it's sort of got to bounce, follow the bouncing ball function. If you want to learn to chant the Gita yourself, the Sanskrit channel. Anyway, back to the, the, um, all right. So gosh, we're having some technical situations today. Hi, yeah, yeah. Sorry folks for, uh, some strange sound, uh, issues. Anyway, Amy focus, right? So we're talking about Gita 6.5, 6.6. Essentially, the teaching here is, uh, you know, you, you can only be as successful as you are in alignment with right thinking. That doesn't matter what you do or what you believe or who you are. If you succumb to negative thoughts, then you can't prosper. You can't get ahead. You need to elevate yourself through the power of the mind rather than letting the mind be the enemy of the self. And only those who have conquered the mind 
um, and have it as their friend, you know, the ones who have failed to achieve that, their mind works like an enemy. So I want us to start by thinking about taking control of our mind and being in charge of our thinking. This morning I had a call with one of the yoga teachers in GYYB and she was talking to me about how she'd been working on some things but she knew she'd been avoiding some other things because when she'd tried it in the past she'd in fact been unsuccessful and in in particular we were talking about her advertising spend and she felt that she'd spent a lot of money inadvertently and she hadn't got any results and so this is a negative thought and it was keeping her stuck because she knew she was avoiding advertising her classes she's a great teacher she specializes in some really important modalities and she knew she was hiding and playing small she was not putting on a new ad campaign because she had made an enemy with her mind she was being stuck by being held back by the fear of getting it wrong again by bringing what happened in the past through to the future and so we coached on it a little bit that you know and I you know I asked her some questions about what the situation was, what was going on, what she learned in the process and how she would do things differently in the future. And then we actually looked at the results that she did get. And it turns out that the results she got from her advertising campaign, while she may not have anticipated spending that much money up front, it was a very, very normal amount of money to spend. And the results she achieved for herself were right on average from what I would expect from anybody in this community doing quite well. Thank you very much on the Facebook advertising platform. So when we dug it out, looked at it, in fact, there was nothing in there to be fearful of. She had some great learnings, being more mindful about her daily spend, setting herself a reminder to turn the ad off, whatever it may be. And she also realized that, in fact, she was quite good at what she'd done. She had presumed that she wasn't. And that wasn't based on data. Um, That was based on the mind. So there was some negative thinking in there that was keeping her stuck. We cleared that up and away she goes, um, jai full classes. So here I think the, um, what's important is that when we seek to make these types of changes, when we seek to remove the impurities such that we can become friends with the mind and become successful because we're not working against ourselves, having the mind as our enemy, um, It's important that we actually, as we dig these pieces out, we don't simply sort of paper over them. We don't seek to forget about them. We don't um, pretend that they never happened. We don't think positive and manifest whatever you want. Uh, That may be part of it. But what's important is that we actually contemplate these, air quotes, negative or ashuta, impure, thoughts before we just throw them away because without doing that my argument for today is we miss an opportunity you know if 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 this fabulous yoga teacher that I mentioned earlier from talking to this morning if I had have just said to her oh stop it you're great the next one's going to be awesome she might have felt better maybe (laughs) probably not because she's smarter than that um about herself Okay, I'd feel, oh, look at me, rah, rah, I'm inspiring my people. Uh, But guess what? She would have missed out on understanding what she wants to do better next time specifically and looking at her results and and recognising that, in fact, she just ran a successful campaign. She'd just been too hard on herself. She would have missed that if we had have just gone, unicorn farts, forward, um, 
and and this is so powerful and it's I guess the, the first component of the process of looking to create purity of mind rather than impurity of mind and I'm going to be drawing a little bit from some oh man such good um, satsang from Guru Mai, uh, in particular this one, The Yoga of Discipline. Um, if you don't have it, get it. It's good. It's good. No matter where you are on the spectrum of feelings towards Siddha Yoga, this is a great text. Uh, I've put the full thing in the episode notes so that you can get it. She says, it's contemplation that is the sign of the true seeker. Contemplation. And I love that. You know, contemplation is the, is the sign of the true seeker. That we, that we, as we seek to foster shuddha and to clear out that ashuddha, as we seek to foster purity of mind and remove impurity of mind, it's important to consider what those impurities are. It's important to consider how we can learn from those. It's important to recognize that um, at least from my tradition and Guru Mai's tradition, i.e. a non-dual perspective, um, there can't actually be anything of manifest consciousness that is in fact impure. So, you know, if, if because it's a non-dual perspective, right? So if you have a dualist perspective, there's God and there's me and we're separate, then you're in a different situation, and this is where um, this is where you need to be careful about the lineage of the texts that you're using. Like I was talking about in my newsletter, if you're using Prabhupada's Gita, it's going to give you a very different message to one that may, in fact, be more in alignment. But if you do take a non-dualist approach, Shaivism, whatever tantric approach, and understand that. Um, and understand that that all is one, that that Shiva can't, there is nothing that Shiva can make that is anything other than consciousness, i.e. everything is divine already because it is a fractal of the absolute. Um, why would we discard these impurities with any type of aversion or displeasure because they are, despite their, I guess despite their namesake, they are as pure in the sense of, um, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, God-derived as anything else, that we can in fact and should in fact learn from them and use them as part of our contemplative practice. So then what causes the impurity? Um, where do these impurities come from? And, and according to the Gita, um, desire is what causes the impurity. <laughs> according to the Vedas, not all of them, but uh, it's desire that causes the impurity. And this is the piece that I have, a, and definitely according to Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Iskon, it's absolutely desire, material possessions, desires for those things absolutely um, causes, causes the impurity of the mind. You better believe it, you know, drugs, alcohol, smoking, sex, unnecessarily bad, impurity, um, but if we come back to a non-dual perspective, if everything's God, then so is a cigarette. Now you get to decide if you want to smoke it or not, but shiver is sure as shit not going to blame you for it if you decide that that's your jam. And in fact, we know that shiver in the form of Adi Yogi like to smoke the occasional spliff, let's just say, moving right along. So 
so here, here's where we are so far. We know that in order to be successful, we need to make friends with the mind. How do we do that? We seek to clear out the impurity and call in the purity. How do we know? Uh, how do we create impurities? Arguably, we create impurities from desire. And this is where I want to stick my tantric foot in the door before it gets shut. Because as Guru Mai says in the um, Yoga of Discipline, she says that desire used only to fulfill cravings of the senses are bad desires. So it's when desire is misused that it creates the impurity. Not when you have it, not when you act on it, but when you act on it improperly, right? And this, I think, is key and fundamental because desire in a lot of branches of the diverse and beautiful yoga tree, desire gets a really bad rap. Not in my branch. In my branch, we love it, except, as Guru Mai says, if we misuse it. So, for example, um, what's something that I want right now? Um, this is something that I actually, let's make this up. I, um, I really, really want, gosh, I can't think of anything now. <laughs> I should have thought about this ahead of time. Come on, Amy, you want something. I really, really want um, a new bicycle. I really, really want a new bicycle. Don't have a bike. Fell apart a few years ago. I really, really, really want one. That's a desire. Now, that desire isn't good or bad, I would argue, because the desire itself doesn't cause the impurity. It's what I do with the desire. If I have the desire to get a bike, get a new, get myself a new bicycle so that I work a bit harder and I save the money here and I find myself a good deal on the internet and I book it and I deliver it and I have a bicycle, that's, I would say, does not cause impurity of the mind. That form of desire is not causing an impurity of the mind. But if I really desire a bicycle for myself so that I go steal one, wah, that's causing an impurity of the mind. That. So we here's another example. We are in lockdown still here at the moment and there is a clause in the um uh, there is a clause in the lockdown thing that says intimate partners you can go to each other's houses no one else only intimate partners and um okay that sucks right and so no one's coming to my house because I don't have an intimate partner I have a friend she doesn't have an intimate partner either except that she met somebody on the internet and they've decided they're going to become intimate partners the first time that they meet each other and so Again, here we see that it's the desire in and of itself is not bad. The desire for company, like I have it. I, it's I, I'm just putting my hands over my dog's ears. Having a fur housemate is not always the same. For one, he's rubbish at Scrabble, um, you know, and a couple of other things. But you know, sometimes it would be really nice to have somebody over for a cup of tea. I'm not allowed. Uh, I have the desire for connection. Um, and and it's just getting turned into other things right now, like gardening and dog walking and talking to you guys. My friend has a strong desire for connection, and and she's made the choice to, you know, um, breach the lockdown protocols to get it. So it's not the 
it's not the desire itself that's bad. We, I believe that, in fact, we need desire. If it wasn't for desire, how would we be motivated to do anything? If I didn't have a desire to do a good podcast, we wouldn't be here right now. If I didn't have a desire to uh, take care of myself, I'd just eat whatever the hell I wanted. If I didn't have a desire to be a good dog owner, Pip would never get walked. Um, you need to have a desire in order to motivate yourself. I would argue that it's in fact the first upwelling of action and that you can't have action without the desire first. It has to spark somewhere. So we need it, but it's how we use it or how we act on it that can cause impurities of the mind and remember when we have enough of those impurities of the mind it's when the mind becomes the enemy and we find ourselves in a position where we can't achieve our goals so to loop all the way back to what is the point of this conversation at all because I know this one is a little bit of a it's a little convoluted so thanks for staying with me my purpose at the top of the podcast or the top of the episode was for to, to give everybody a bit of a booyah in terms of reclaiming 2020, um, it's time, you know, uh, you've all just done so well existing in, um, I wouldn't even say a maintenance phase that the, you've sort of been micro adjusting. You know, those things at the gym that you like, a, it's called bounce ball or something. It's got a ball on the bottom and then a, plastic, a timber flat bit on the top and you stand on it to keep your balance and it makes you work all your muscles. It's like we've been doing that in business. We're kind of staying still, but we've also got everything flexed and tensed all of the time and making micro adjustments relentlessly. It's time to stop that. It's time to, and while you might still be in the tail end of it, like I am still at home doing the lockdown thing, not so much as everybody in Melbourne. Hey, you guys, send in love. Um, so much, sending so much love. Loved that we got a shout out on Joe Rogan the other day. That was awesome. Um, you did. I, I don't live there anymore, but you know what I mean. Uh, anyway, so it's time to get back into strategy. It's time to grab this thing by the collar and give it a shake and say, hey, I'm in charge here and this is where we're going. And so in order to really have that ferocity, like my fabulous yoga teacher client this morning said, she needs a bit more Kali energy in her business to, in order to have that, so we're not re-emerging with fear, with self-doubt, with comparisonitis, with um, lethargy, with, uh, you know, that feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, rustiness, that we're suddenly out of date and out of touch, um, that we're okay working at a slower pace, that we're okay indulging a certain level of risk, that we're okay operating in financial insecurity. In order to not get into all of that space, we need to make our mind our friend. Like Krishna said to Arjuna, we need to get our mind, our head in order. I'm paraphrasing. And how do we do that? Well, we do that because we clear out the impurities and we emphasize the purities. We don't discard impurities without contemplating them. We don't simply paper over something bad that happened or a belief that we've had for a while or some knowledge that we gained from someone else that may or may not be true for us or a behavior pattern that 
served us prior but may not serve us moving forward or an attitude to money and prosperity that saw us undercharging in lockdown and we want to raise our rates now. We're not going to throw out any of those um, impurities without looking at them first. Let me go back to this great quote from Guru Mai. She says, contemplation is the sign of the true seeker. And of course, she's talking about She's talking about devotion to God, but I think it's applicable wholly to your business as well. And, you know, arguably they're one and the same if, if, if we're all just fractals of consciousness. But if you think about whether you want to get really out there with this or not, if you want to keep it completely secular, um, let's look at our uh, fabulous teacher for the day. Like I said, if she didn't look at the fear she had around Facebook ads and pick it apart a little bit. If we just papered it over and went, oh, that was last time. This one's going to be better. Uh, she would have missed out on some really valuable gems. So if being a true seeker or a seeker of success in business, then I think Guru Mai here is right on it. And then, of course, I wanted to just reclaim this idea of desire in and of itself because it gets such a bad rap. You know, I was, um, <laughs> I was, um, I was doing some noodling around and uh, as I do some research to get my shit together to do this podcast and I found myself on Yogapedia. Excellent. Uh, Yogapedia. And if you go to Yogapedia, hopefully you'll see someone who is in this community. Hopefully you'll see their ads there because man, does Yogapedia uh, use the Google display network in their, uh, uh, in their generation of funds. Anyway, so I was looking up uh, Shudhamanas. Uh, you know, the pure mind. <laughs> this is where you need to be careful about your sources, folks. I know I'm, I'm belaboring the point. This is what it says. Yogapedia explains, Shudamanas. Um, they're talking about Sava. The Savic mind is characterized by embracing simplicity in life, enjoying silence and solitude, and embracing spiritual practice. Now, I'm going to call absolute bullshit on that. According to whom? Is that true? I mean, uh, okay, let's start with spiritual life. Okay, you have a pure mind if you have a commitment to spiritual life. Do you know who had a commitment to spiritual life? Raktabija. You know, that dude who nearly tore the universe asunder? His spiritual practice was so fierce that the gods granted him wishes and he made them. And one of them was, you can't kill me. And that caused some serious shit. So no, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure his mind wasn't so pure. Wasn't so pure. Uh, and there's a, I mean, you don't have to go very far into the voluminous Mahabharata to know that there are a whole lot of shitbirds in there who are very, very spiritual. So there's that. Um, so I want to take a stand for purity and what it actually means. It doesn't mean as a layperson that you go become a monastic. Like I said, Shiva liked to get his spliff on. You know what I mean? Like he was doing lit yoga before we knew what it was. Really, he was the first dude. Desire is only a bad thing or it only causes impurities when it's misused. If I stole the bicycle, that is a bad use of a desire to have a bicycle. Or if I'm going to um, 
get power in order to corrupt or if I'm going to seek status in order to control. They're bad desires. But if my desire is to bring a message to people that I think will be healing with my own shit checked, then it is in fact a good desire. I mean, Guru Mai had to have a desire to write this book. Well, they're satsang, so someone typed it up for her. But you know what I mean? Like she delivered a good talk. She had to have a desire for that or it wouldn't have happened. And the desire was not to manipulate and control people. It was to share wisdom and seek to be in service. So again, let's reclaim some of these terms. Purity and impurity. Be careful about these. Be careful about how you're judging yourself. I, My hypothesis here is that there is as much benefit to be gained from your impurities as there are from your purities. You may not want to perpetuate an impurity. Our yoga teacher of the day wouldn't have been useful to perpetuate a fear around Facebook ads, but it certainly was useful for her to spend some time contemplating it so that she could move forward and go out and get herself the goals that she's looking for in 2020. So I think that um, let's talk about application. Amy, you've talked for long enough about strange nebulous concepts that you didn't really connect very well. Tell me what, so what, as Mr. Bailey would say, so this. I want you to get clear on what is your desire for the remainder of 2020. What do you really want to do? And I mean it with that much passion, that much enthusiasm, that much deep feeling of, yes, this is what I want. Yes, I want to have the four people that I can now have in my yoga studio. Yes, I want to have them. Or the opening the doors to my in-person weekend retreat in February. Yes, I want to sell that shit now. Or finally finishing that 50-hour teacher training something or other that I bought four months ago. Yes, I'm going to get that done. Or, or submitting my info to the tax office or my accountant finally so that I can actually start the new year feeling good about myself and my money management. Yes, I want to do that. Step one in my application process is get clear, get yourself at least one desire for 2020. Own it. We love desire here. Without desire, you wouldn't, if I didn't have any desire, I just wouldn't get out of bed. I mean, I wouldn't. You do shit. You need to. You need to have something to compel you forward. What is it? What is your desire for your business? Next, I want you to contemplate it. I want you to become a true seeker. I want you to think about what are your motivations? You know, why is this your goal? Uh, who is is going to inform you or uh, along this journey? Who who has informed you in this decision? Who's informed you in this direction? Who are you being motivated by? Yeah? So let me do it again. So one, what's your desire? Get it, own it, love it. Yes, I heart desire in Amy's yoga community. Get one, at least one. You can have as many as you goddamn like. It's just not, it's not the desire, it's how you use it that causes a shudder. Next, become your own true seeker regarding your desire feel into it scratch it out look at it you know peel it open what are your motivations why is this your goal and who is involved here who else is involved here I'm not gonna lie I uh 
here's a scenario. Uh, my, my desire, summer wardrobe makeover. Yes. Good desire. You better believe it. You should see what I've been wearing. Contemplate it. What's your motivation? I want to feel nice in summer. What's your goal? Not wearing that shitty stuff anymore. Who is informing this decision? I realized it was someone who broke up with me a long time ago. That's who I was buying clothes for. Sad and true. That person is not even going to see me ever, let alone wearing my new clothes. Amy, do you need to check that desire? Yes. Stop spending money on clothes and go buy yourself a bicycle. You get my point, right? Like it's not just your own stuff that can influence a desire for better or worse. It could be other people's as well. So feel into that. Become your own true seeker and contemplate it. And then I want you to feel, I want you to think, consider whatever that contemplate, whatever the right, uh, you know, word is for you. If you're laying on any ashuddha, any impurities, you know, are you, are you, adding to the mix? Are you letting your negative beliefs creep in? Are you um, choosing to think crappy things? Are you, are you in fact uh, uh, inviting the enemy in? Makes me think of Eric visiting Suki. Man, that was a good show. If you're a True Blood fan, um, DM me. Let's relive old times. Anyway, so, you know, is there anywhere where you are um, porous to impurities, where you are vulnerable to impurities, where you know in the past that you were doing quite good and then holy, you know, for some of you, I know you, uh, that looks like looking at your, air quotes, competitor's shit, like spending time on her Instagram or God help me signing up for her free stuff. That happened to me the other week. One of my hash, uh, air quotes competitors signed up for a, <laughs> a discovery call with me. Interesting. You know, are you letting that in anywhere? Are you are you making yourself vulnerable to enemies, i.e. your mind becoming an enemy? Not because the bloody Instagram chick or the dude who crashed my thing or any of that, they're not the enemies. It's what we may be doing with the mind that can become the enemy. So all of this somewhat convoluted discussion, I want to come back to how the hell, Amy, do you do anything with this one? Get a desire, baby. Get your business desire on. And I don't mean set yourself KPIs for Q4. I mean, get a desire about it. Get a desire like you want to rip it open and squeeze out the juice. You know, I want you to feel so like, yes, about this thing that it does compel you forward. And then to check, particularly for all of you classicists or people who are like, shy vision, what? Um, feel, you got to feel good about it, right? Like you got to make sure you're not going to do bad things with it. Don't go steal that bicycle. Contemplate it. What are your motivations? Why do you want this thing? What is what is the purpose of the desire? What's your goal? Where is this going to be at the end and why? Who's influencing you, including your own stuff? And then are you laying any of that impurity, mental constructs, limiting beliefs, conditioning, ashuddha? Are you layering that any of that on? Oh, I don't want to be too audacious. If Amy was here, she'd tell me to double that, but no, I don't want to play too big. What if I fail? 
or oh, I don't know what will people think if I start doing yoga outside oh, people will see us it might be weird oh, no I'm not going to do that once you've got the desire and you're cool with it make sure you don't then dim your light because those impurities sneak in remember those enemies of the mind sneak in and you start to limit what it is that you're capable of holy catfish batman apologies again <laughs> this podcast is taking the longest time we'll get there all right so i don't know where we got cut off but let's start here uh i'm going to read you two short passages from this text the yoga of discipline i hope it's okay to do that they're quite short i think i'm allowed to as long as i reference it the reference are in the episode notes i think i'm allowed to read a little bit love this love this um this is the reason i chose these two short passages is because um this can be hard right and 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 I would argue that this is actually where yoga gets interesting um, in this type of application. She writes, Guru Mai, she writes, understand one thing, good thoughts don't come easily. They are the result of hard work, great austerity. They are precious. Protect your thoughts constantly. Like a miser, be alert and protect your thoughts. Every good thought is worth a million dollars. It uplifts not only you, your entire world will benefit from it. So this is not just a podcast that you listen to. This could be something that, you know, changes your life. Um, what she says, not what I say. Obs. But I think she's right, you know. It, it takes a lot to cultivate a positive attitude. I'm not going to lie. Saturday, put the mask on, down to the $2 shop, bought myself some new sketch pads, big ones, got the Sharpies out, um, and wrote myself some really big things to stick on the walls of my office that tell me, Amy, to do a freaking Instagram post every day of the week. Yeah, laugh it up. It takes time, you know, cultivating precious. I do social media every day of the week. You would think, man, busted. Yes, I need it too. It, it takes work to keep these, to keep positive thoughts, to keep the purity of the mind. We're not talking about watching a dirty movie or calling someone a shithead when they cut you. I mean, we're humans. We get to work on that over time. And I think some of that reactive stuff just tends to fall away naturally. But, but, choosing to be mindfully intelligently positive of thinking it takes work she goes on many times you think that what's bothering you is a small issue ah oh, i love this part this is the part that i was saying about don't throw away your impurities without thinking of them first let me start again i should have done better context here sorry bad notes so in this passage she um when i was talking about my you know colleague who who was fearful of Facebook ads based on an overspend. We could have just gone, but you won't do that again, carry on. But in fact, what we did was looked at why she was fearful and what she could learn from that. And now she's not only feeling good about doing the next campaign, but in fact has greater insight than before and knows that she, the campaign she was telling herself was bad was actually good, important. And that if she had, if we hadn't have, if we had have just papered over that, if we hadn't had um, contemplated it as a true seeker, she would have missed that opportunity. Okay, now that we've, now that Amy's actually set the context, uh, you know, just sidebar, I promise every week I think 
Would you just be better at this? I mean, would you just not waffle on? Can you please just fucking be coherent? <laughs> and I'm really trying. I got notes. I got, oh man. So I want you to know that my son Kalpa is to be coherent and hopefully over time I'll get there. Gurumai says, many times you think that what's bothering you is a small issue. You may say, oh, it's nothing, it doesn't matter. But when you say something doesn't matter, when you dismiss something in that way, it doesn't disappear, it waits. And then those little issues can turn into a monster that's very difficult to deal with. Therefore, it is vital that you take every little issue right away, particularly when you want to focus your intention on the highest truth. You want to clean up all the particles of dust that collect on the path. You want to keep the path very clean. I love that. So I'm going to conclude here and I'm going to just, I'm going to conclude with this. You, it is that time of the year where you need to get the yoga business GPS get the get the direction and punch it in where are you going where are you getting by the end of the year so lit up and excited about it that it is your it is your desire and you have spent the time contemplating all of the purities and impurities that may arise as a result of that desire and you're good with it that there is nothing waiting don't you just love that it doesn't disappear it waits there is nothing waiting to sabotage you. There is nothing that's going to spring out unannounced because you didn't process it or reflect on it or whatever you do to resolve that sort of stuff. And that in doing this, uh, recognition, contemplation, and um, recognition, contemplation, and uh, assimilation, or I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Alchemization fancy uh you are in fact keeping your path very clean you want to clean up all the particles of dust that collect on that path i.e impurities negative thinking act, actions based on desires that were the desire was misused you want to clean up all the particles of dust that collect on the path you want to keep the path very very clean how do you achieve your yoga business goals by the end of the year by making friends with your mind, by making friends with your mind, by keeping your destination impassioned, by being impassioned about your destination, and by keeping the path to the destination very, very clear. Shuddha, ashuddha, and the good desires. Shuddha, purities, ashuddha impurities that can be in service if you contemplate them before discarding them not just impurities let's own that a bit more fully and good desires i.e the desires that compel you forward the desires that recommit you to the tarma the desires that make you a better you know make your sadhana more consistent that make your giving and you're loving more powerful you that, that compel you to process your payments and do your tax desires are good the good ones we love them if we use our desires for a higher purpose in a non-harming way then they don't cause impurities of the mind in fact 
they can 100% cause purity of the mind. Okay, so uh, get your quarter four goal. Uh, you got to have a strong desire to make it happen, um, both with your motivation and with your purities. Just check that there's no lingering ashuta, like negative self-talk, self-doubt, fear, someone whispering bullshit in your ear. I was talking to someone today. She was telling me that her husband doesn't think she should invest any more money in her yoga business because he's not seeing the ROI. She's invested $2,300. Tell me what other business you could start for $2,300. What an asshole. You know, it's important to be talking to the right people. Got any ROI in the first $2,300 you've ever spent on your brand new business? Well, you know what? There's been a global pandemic. Dick face? Maybe not yet. Anyway. I think that might have been a little bit of impurity coming from my mind. What can I say? I'm a work in progress. Keep focused on the outcome. Keep taking action. Keep moving forward. And for those times, I love this teaching that Kurumai has also in the book. Get it if you want to read the whole thing. But, you know, there are times when you find that those impure thoughts are coming up, when you are at risk of becoming an enemy of the mind rather than the friend cute um, antidote she recommends chanting a mantra and of course she recommends uh, om namah shivaya but but i would suggest that if if mantras are all that they're cracked up to be uh you pick one that works for you and 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 offset any limiting thinking use it's like it's like cognitive behavioral therapy every time one of those thoughts comes up you know shock it with 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 some some positive mantra um, depending on your jam, who you're into, what your limiting belief is about. Um, you could pick something kind of overarching like Om Namah Shivaya. You might want to go something more specific, something that's feminine encoded, totally up to you. But just as a little tip for our conclusion, if you do notice that those impure thoughts are getting to the point where they may in fact be turning your mind against yourself, making dumb choices, keeping yourself small, not not chasing up an opportunity, take, taking yourself out of the game. Um, as those thoughts come up, like CBT, um, which I think is now means something else, but I mean cognitive behavioural therapy, <laughs> whatever. Uh, you know, give yourself a mantra, shock yourself out of it and um, come back to being friends with the mind. Shuddha, ashuddha and the good desires Thanks, folks. You're awesome. Hey, over the weekend, I Facebook messaged two of the podcasters that I love, and they both messaged me back, and I felt so excited, like someone famous had talked to me. Um, and then I thought, Amy, they just have a podcast like your podcast. <laughs> um, you know you love it on the other side, so this is what that feels like. So I want to say, again, another special shout-out to people who send me messages about the podcast, who do reviews and ratings. Seriously, uh, you're all just awesome and I value all of it. Uh, if you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I've got spots for two new private clients, uh, which I'm very excited about and also a little sad because when you work with somebody for that long, you miss them. Um, and also a spot in the Keep Growing, one spot in the Keep Growing Mastermind if you would like to join us for October. Uh, there is an alum right there if you want to come back. Um, all of the links for all of that stuff is in the episode notes. And the other thing that I announced soft launched 
sounds like how Amy plays any type of ball sport. Uh, I also announced over the weekend was I'm putting together a new course, which is essentially going to be Yoga Geek Club meets Applied Philosophy and Mythology. Don't know what it's called. Chances are probably that. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what it's going to include and the topics that would be useful. There's a poll in my Facebook group, Abundant Yoga Teachers, uh, at the moment. Um, If you're a member of the group, I'd love uh, your feedback. But I've made up like six different topics that are covering different ideas and I wanted to see which types of ideas get the votes and um, we'll go from there. So I'd love to help. I'd love your uh, help in putting this thing together. I, I'm putting it together because so many people have asked me to do it. So it's got to the point where um, I have decided for it to be my desire <laughs> and we're going to do this thing. So look out for the poll or if you just have ideas, um, that that or things that you want to know or approaches that you're interested in stuff that I might have touched on at some point and you want to know more about really everybody I know a bunch of you have already sent me feedback um so that's just been amazing and anybody who does send me feedback too this is how these courses get made because uh I could waffle on about yoga forever uh, I'd really like to one be more articulate and to uh, waffle on about the stuff that you're interested in too. So hit me up on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Till next week. Bye. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure. Of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.